On this episode of The Playbook, I have the vice president of YouTube, Angela Corton. And we're going to talk about what it's like to be the head of not only the brand, creative, culture, and media, and what that means today. Join me for all of that and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host, David Meltzer. I am so excited. I have Angela Corton. She's the vice president of a small company called YouTube, marketing global head of brand, creative culture, and media. And I can't think, Angela, a better person when we're talking about being the head of the brand, creative, and culture of YouTube media, because you have such a diverse background. You have such an interesting perspective. And I think someone like you is perfect for such a huge company to help and allow people to be themselves. And when I read through your history, I love that you learn to love yourself. How long did it take to learn to love yourself like you do? Well, first of all, David, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here among all of your guests and uh, and your listeners. So I, I love that. I think that we're maybe finally at an age where we can talk about loving ourselves as part of our professional development and personal development. And this idea of bringing your whole self to work and what that really means and the sort of the circuitous history that brought us all here, you here, me here at this time, um, you know, is something we can honor. I think that we, I grew up thinking that life was supposed to be linear, that we all had one career and we chose a job and we stuck with it. My dad was in the military for 35 years and, you know, wore a uniform every day. So there was a, there was a conformity that I expected. And I think that my life, both as a woman as um, a queer person who came out in her 20s, um, I just, I realized very early that my life was not gonna conform to any structure and my career path has followed suit. So I've learned to love myself because I proudly put myself out there and take risks. I believe in the power of yes. And that has enabled me to take roles that I was well over my skis for, um, that I really you know, had to learn on the job, that I faked it till I made it and thankfully, I've landed on my feet and no longer feel that faking it is a necessity in my tool set that I can actually confidently and humbly say, you know, I know what I'm doing now. But that doesn't mean every day I wake up and think I've got this covered. It means that I continue to learn and improve and grow from my team and this beautiful, you know, multi-billion community called YouTube. It's extraordinary. And, you know, finding that frequency takes time. It takes lessons. There's a lot of playing struggles, uh, acknowledgement and, and recognition along the way. I myself grew up, uh, my mom was in a different military, linear 47 years as a teacher. Uh, so wow. <laughs> a different military, but very similar in my perspective when I started off on the doctor, lawyer, failure uh, routine. So it, it's interesting because, you know, you, you say that you are queer and I'm in the stage of unification and it's so difficult because of words. And one of the things I love about YouTube is that you can quickly get so many different perspectives, but you also can share the cultures and the vocabulary. Um, as you know, there's a huge you know, social injustice movement with Black Lives Matter and I'm old. So I've gone through generationally, 
African-American, black, you know, different vernacular that can use. And I think I've come in full circle with the word queer that, you know, it, it, when you said that to me, my heart cringed for a second because I've been culturally, you know, uh, programmed to this is a bad word. Um, and not to say my stepbrother was bisexual, I'm very open-minded, but I feel trapped right now culturally to know what the acceptable vernacular is because I don't want to separate myself. I want to appreciate how you and I are exactly the same. And I also want to appreciate even more importantly how different we are and leverage our superpowers to help other people with their superpowers. How can YouTube and you help people solidify this unifying idea that there's just words that are being used and we need to go past the words and figure out intention? Well, first of all, I appreciate that you are, um, you are also growing and learning and that you're willing to be vulnerable about your own journey. I think that's part of it, both as a member of an other, as well as a member of a majority, is that we are all open to growing and understanding. I think that's lesson one. I think the beauty coming to YouTube was just one, how vast the community was, two, that the values of YouTube are about creating you know, an opportunity to learn about the world to, you know, it's like to give everyone a voice and show them the world. That is the mission of YouTube. And I think that is an ambitious and very important mission, but it also enables communities who have normally been marginalized to find, you know, sort of other communities around the world. You know, we talk, there's a beautiful show when we, when we talk about, you know, racial injustice and we founded the Black Voices Fund to really lift and elevate, you know, voices from around the world in terms of, you know, how do we talk about struggle as universal, but also personal. We, there was a, a beautiful trend called being black in, and it was a, it was a sort of a trend that creators would take and say being black in Detroit or being black in Nairobi or being black in Paris to explain that there is a similarity, but there's also a difference. There's a cultural difference that we have to acknowledge. And so I think when it comes to pronouns and terms, I think we have to be open that some people don't want labels and some people want labels. And I think this makes it difficult to navigate how to say or do the right thing. And I, what I find myself doing is just being brave enough to say, I don't know, can you, how would you like to be addressed? And there's no, hopefully what I'm received with is thank you for asking, I prefer. And that then allows me to say, look, I'm learning and I can actually, you know, use that as an opportunity to learn more about the individual I'm working with or, you know, sort of communing with as, you know, one, an opportunity just to share experiences and learn from those experiences in terms of, to your point, we are similar. We grew up probably in similar sort of environments where there was a lot more rigor and a lot more sort of like linearity and conformity. And now we're living in a world where lines are blurred, labels are labelless and, you know, we're all, we're all hopefully inclined to want to learn more and connect more. How you can label me and address me is just being kind. Uh, that's what I try. Oh, I love that. Couldn't we all be that? Wouldn't the world brand. be better? I'm sticking to it. Speaking of <laughs> brand, uh, there's so many changes. I'm trying to get my own hands as my own brand has grown, even on YouTube. You know, I had waited two years. I think last month was my biggest month of subscriber acquisition. And I looked at it, I said, oh my gosh, it took me two years to get that many subscribers. And in one month, now it's <laughs> aggregating and growing. And hopefully, you know, these brands are changing. What's been the biggest change you've seen 
in brand marketing over the last few years and where's that trend going? Well, I think a couple things probably impact the answer. One is COVID. And I think like the way in which we all connect has changed by moving from a, an IRL experience and in real life experience to a virtual one, the communities like and platforms like YouTube have become so important. One in feeling less alone, two in getting information that you need quickly, and three in discovering communities, um, you know, to find support, whether that's mental health support or whether that is, you know, learning about race and culture or learning about, um, you know, different sort of trends that are happening around the world, whether it be music or art or food, you know, all of that exists on YouTube. So I think COVID has enabled us to, one, feel more connected to this larger community. We feel and hopefully feel less alone because we can find those communities online. The second thing I would say for brands, and so like now we have to think as a brand, how am I connecting with those communities? How am I creating content that allows me to feel less like a, a structure and an entity and more like a human? And the second thing I would say that has really impacted over the last, even the last year is racial justice, is, you know, and things like sustainability and things like mental health and women's rights. Like, what is it that we need to do as a brand to be responsible to a consumer that expects more from us, that expects us to take a point of view or a stand on these issues, especially with Gen Z, where they actually believe that corporations can have the ability to make change in the world. You know, they're not these, they're not these monolithic structures that just sell things, that if I'm going to buy something, if I'm going to believe in that brand, I need to believe in what you stand for as well. You know, it's so interesting because YouTube actually plays a crucial role in my business. And I used to think the best thing I did as a leader in so many different businesses that I run is I give a dummy tax award. So I encourage people to make mistakes, to see pain as an mm -hmm. indicator, not a stop sign. So whoever, everyone goes around, tells everyone what mistake they made and what lesson they learned. And then whoever had the most significant lesson gets a bonus a cash bonus. Mm. I encourage people to make mistakes, not twice, but you can make it. <laughs> right. Uh, and so you're not going to win the award if you keep giving that big mistake and no lessons. But the other thing I did, and you know, it's just so exciting to have you here is that I have everyone on Mondays tell me what they're searching on YouTube mm. for, what lesson, for what lesson they want to learn. And it can be personal or professional. You know, so it ranges from, you know, taking care of kids to hanging a lamp to, you know, racial equality, but it's been super cool. So we have YouTube Mondays where everyone, because I started realizing how powerful my, my strategy in life is capture content, modify it for the platform, amplify it correctly. But the only one that has this perpetual nature is YouTube. You know, my TED talk from five years ago gets more views than it did, to, you know, when I did it and more people see it, lessons are so important. Life's about stories and lessons. YouTube's about stories and lessons. You know, through your own career, you're surrounded with literally millions of lessons a day. What's the biggest lesson or one of the biggest, I should say, it could be impossible to tell me your biggest, but through that lessons and stories genre and culture, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned from YouTube? Well, first of all, I love YouTube Mondays. That might be something I implement. I do a top five trends of the week to make you smarter than your friends um, from our trends and culture team, which is always fascinating. And I actually want to acknowledge, David, that I think you're hitting on something that I found just 
honestly, at, at times overwhelming about the power of YouTube, which is that you can literally learn about anything. You can become more competent. You can become more expansive. You can become more creative. You can become an entrepreneur. You can make- I have to interrupt you because you also, by the way, can become more sexy. Let me just tell you, I've been married 23 years. I fixed an outlet in my house and my wife told me I've never looked more sexy in my life than being able, I'm the least handy man in the world, but my wife told me never been more sexy because I learned how to fix an outlet on YouTube. But go ahead, I saw it for right. I love that idea actually, competency makes you sexier. That That is like, we should be, that should be a new tagline. But it is that. And so I feel like what I, what the greatest lesson I've learned in coming to YouTube was actually the culture of YouTube itself. That I had come from being sort of, I grew up in a political and then the entertainment industries, you know, there's very much an apprenticeship. You learn on the job, you learn by doing, you do. But there's a, there's a, there's a hierarchy to that. And what I love about YouTube and, and actually what I'm learning and continue to be challenged is that there is a flatness to the hierarchy that enables ideas and, um, and feedback and you know tension to come from anywhere in the company because it makes everyone better. And I love that. I, when I first came to YouTube, I literally was in the pit, standing at a desk. I'd come from being in an office with assistants and a parking spot, and that's how you saw your value. You knew you were moving up. What I've really learned and grown over the last four years, which I'm so grateful for, is that you know, ideas, individuals, circumstances, and history all create the perfect melting pot for innovation and like and exp exponential growth. And so that has been great. And that's why I think we love YouTube because learning can come from anywhere. When I go online and look, I, I'm obsessed with Airstreams. I have met so many Airstream, you know, renovators who come from every walk of life, whether it's high end or, you know, like literally in the backyard of a, of a farm on Kentucky. It's like, it's insane. And I, and that's what sort of it, it eradicates labels, going back to our original question, it eradicates sort of geography, eradicates education, allows people to be experts simply by posting and creating. And we can all have points of views. We don't have to agree with them. We can all have ways of learning. We don't have to agree with them. But the idea is that we're giving people the opportunity to grow. And if you go on and just search for anything in that moment, to your point, you have the ability to learn. Instantly. And we're all lifelong learners. Instantly, life's about lessons and the lessons will keep on coming. And the best thing is just so everyone knows, you will forget every lesson you ever learned. But now because of YouTube, you have the power of accessing it immediately to remember, remind, and recollect, uh, which all those words are very powerful. Last question real quick. You are an extraordinary marketing executive. I am approached probably as you by thousands of young entrepreneurs who want to be a marketing quote unquote executive. I'm still trying to figure out what that means, a marketing <laughs> executive. And, and the reason is, it, it was vague enough when I was running Lee Steinberg, mm -hmm. the sports agency, years and years, decades and decades ago. But today, to be a marketing executive, I'm thoroughly confused. So I was hoping that you could give us a little bit of advice to young entrepreneurs about pursuing their potential in marketing and being an executive in the variant industries and careers and verticals that encompass marketing. But I'd love for you to share from your journey what advice you would give a young entrepreneur that is pursuing that potential? Uh, first of all, I think you're actually absolutely right. Marketing 
has a lot of different tentacles. I think that we are architects of experience. I think we are sort of the closest to the consumer. We have the ability to take insights that we glean from the actual experience with our product or our you know, service and, and take those little insights and turn them into strategies that allow us then to execute. And so what I would say is as a marketer, you really have to know the consumer and you have to know whatever it is that you're marketing, i.e. product or service and connect those. So we're the ultimate connector. Like we, I always say we are responsible for more ROI than any other part because you can't sell something unless you know something and you can't know something unless you market something. And so we, you know, we always used to be the cost center. I actually think we are the center of excellence in terms of how to bring more people into what it is that you're trying to convince them to do. I mean, and that is the ultimate thing. If you have ever convinced a parent to let you do something, if you have ever convinced a spouse to let you, you know, take control or choose the dinner menu or whatever that is, you are a marketer because you have influenced someone to do something you want them to do. And that is the power of marketing. And you are powerful at that, considering even your title includes marketing global head of brand, creative, culture, and media for one of the biggest companies in the world as a VP of YouTube is extraordinary. I always say, a marketer like you is the head of credibility, the head of emotional attachment, the head of the reasons why people will do business with us or collaborate with us, the head of impact and the head of capability. So if you don't think that's the heart, the soul and the mind of a business, I think as young entrepreneur, you're missing the idea and go utilize YouTube to figure it out. Uh, and, <laughs> you can learn to be a marketer on YouTube. <laughs> Just Google it. <laughs> yeah, how to. It's like, uh, you know, the people, they always have the names and you, for fun, you put like, you know, David Meltzer, Florida, and you come up with <laughs> terrible stories for whatever reason, right? Any name you put in Florida, all you have to do is put how to anything and on YouTube, and you're going to be an expert in immediate uh, terms, which is extraordinary value. Um, but Angelo, you have brought us extraordinary value. You're an incredible entrepreneur, an incredible kind person that's making a major impact through brand creative culture and media. Thank you so much. It's been a blessing to have you here with me, David Meltzer on Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.